$11,000 in a day. I tell people, you better invest that gumroad money. Invest your gumroad money. Invest that pandemic money. Do not buy a car with your pandemic money. You are going to go broke buying stuff with your pandemic money. I took all my pandemic money. I threw it into my investment accounts and we're set. Check them out, y'all. Check them out. Tweet Talk episode 990. I don't want to say it's lit anymore. Let's go. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. We on the air, Tweet dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megan himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta start being more serious these days. Do something different. We're getting rid of the money pick, the money phone. So it's episode 90 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Raphael Husbands and Charles Oglesby III, JD. Now, on this podcast, we talk about building black wealth and we break down tweets talking about it. What's going on today in the world of Todd Capital, Charles? Uh, I don't really know. I don't really know. Freedom Pack it's- sale. Um, <clears throat> sold about 135 in about 36 hours, um, helping a lot of people, but um, really focused on that, wrapping up some projects for the family. So I uh, have a, a rental property in River Rouge, Michigan that we're wrapping up, small final details, working on a flip for the family um, that's under contract in a very nice part of Michigan. So talking to some different contractors, they get in some crazy high rehab numbers because a lot of times people don't rehab it based on the value of the of their work. They rehab it based on the value of the property, just like how uh, wholesalers are going to do the same thing. And so people started seeing uh, investors getting rich. And so they started trying to squeeze you on both sides. So the wholesaler is going to want a big chunk and the contractor is going to want a big chunk. And so what I've been finding is like we have the property under contract <clears throat> for like 68 grand. ARV is like 230, approximately 230. Approximately. I've seen comps for like 203. Mm-hmm. The house next door is over 230, but it's brick. So it's not an equal comp. Um, so you might have to shave off like 20 grand. So really a good comp is probably like 203. And so I went on, I looked at the house next door, saw how much it sold for. It sold in October of 2020. For $30,000. So the wholesaler is trying to sell me this house next door that's not brick as is for sixty-eight because he's basing it on the comps. He's like, all right, well, they're looking at the, the amount of rehab and they probably gave you a conservative number because the, the wholesaler quoted me like 70 grand on the rehab. The contractors quoted me like 100 grand on the rehab. Mm. And so who's right? I don't know, but nobody wants to budge on their price because everybody wants their cut. Everybody wants to get investor money. And so you're at this really unique space where 
I'm overpaying both people and then I'm taking less money, if any money at all. Um, so I'm thinking, I'm looking at this deal, still scratching my head um, because I could be all in this for like 170 and then it could be worth like 200. And, but then you got to factor in closing costs. You got to factor in holding costs. You got to factor in um, the, the, what else? Uh, the, the realtor fees, mm-hmm. that's going to be like five, 6%. And so now you might be walking with like 20 grand, but you just put up $170,000 to make $20,000. That's kind of crazy if you ask me. Right. Um, so hopefully we can get a good comp. Um, I've actually seen pro- properties in this market selling for $300,000 and they're a frame. Granted, they're on a different block, but if you so effectively what they're saying is if you just bump up your real your rehab budget and instead of doing like 70, do like 120 or instead of doing 100 to 120, you can get a lot more value out of the property. So that's kind of the strategy because everybody wants to rob you. And so we got to figure out how to still make money while getting robbed because that's what happens when you're the boss. You get robbed by everybody. <laughs> they be robbing you. They be taking two hours to do one vending machine location when it should have taken you 30 minutes. And then because the thing is, is like people, they they get these wages. And so you pay somebody by the hour, they're going to make sure they get, that's how they get their money is by taking longer to do a task. Right. Like, oh, dang, I got to make sure this takes my full time so I can make sure I get paid the most amount of money. I think instead of doing that, be efficient and let me bonus you. I Mm. sent my assistant a bonus. She earned double what she would normally make this week. And I sent um, my uh, digital products or digital marketing guy a bonus. He made triple what he would make this week. And so we had a great week because they hustle. They hustle. I reward you. You rob me. I fire you. And that's what's going on in Thai Capital is learning how to manage people and learning how to manage business at a high level, creating systems, um, figuring out ways to keep the business profitable, pay people well. I'm finding that like, sometimes you do have to overpay people. And so like my vending machine dude is like, hey, he's probably listening to this. He's like, hey, I want 20 bucks per hour. And I was like, that's $40,000 a year. You want me to pay $20 an hour to fill up a vending machine? That's crazy. That's crazy. A Mexican would do that job for $12 an hour and he'd be happy. He'd be hustling and he'll be content because he ain't trying to flash. He just wants to be in America. But my thought process is like, you know what? I want to just pay him what he wants. Why? Because if I don't, I'm going to get robbed. And also, I just, it's it's better to pay people well. Um, I know Dr. Boyce Watkins was saying like a lot of people don't want to end slavery. They just want their chance to hold the whip. And so like, I can't be over here complaining about people paying you under your wages and then pay people under their wages. Granted, I'll be paying folks well, and they still don't really appreciate it. I be I was paying people $2,000 a month to come on to a Slack. And they still were like, that's not enough. You got a full-time job. You pop in on Slack every so now and then answer a few questions. And you think that's not enough. Do you know what I was doing for an extra $2,000 a month? I was working twice as hard as you and I wasn't even getting an extra $2,000 a month. I was getting like an extra maybe thousand a month, maybe less, giving up all my weekends, Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, working evenings, working nights. And I was not getting an extra two grand a month for people who live in low income states. You don't live in effing California. You live in fucking Texas. You live with your parents. I'm giving you two grand a month. But what happens is they're like, oh, well, I could just kind of quit my job and just work for Charles full time. If he just pay me a little bit more, I'm a truck driver, but I don't want to do that. I'd rather just tap on slap. So Charles, give me a raise. Folks want even more money. Not because they thought they were deserving of more money. They just saw what I was getting paid. And they're like, damn, he getting paid all this. I need a piece. So basically what I'm saying is 
It's a process. Last year, my goal was just to learn. Last year, my goal was just to have employees. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be so dope to create the jobs that we say we need. I'm always a person like if it's if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I wanted to be able to be the person that would say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and be the solution. And people were like, now we want the money that you make. But was you over here four years ago doing this stuff? You probably weren't. And so now I'm learning that it's not enough just to create jobs. You have to create good paying jobs, mm-hmm. even if you're overpaying them. And that's okay because people who are overpaid tend to overperform. And so I'm learning. I'm not perfect. I just want to solve problems. Sometimes my solution is not perfect. Sometimes people are going to get mad at me, but at least I'm willing to solve the problem instead of just pointing at and hoping Joe Biden's going to solve the problem. Cause we already seen what he's going to do a whole bunch of nothing. We already saw what Obama did a whole bunch of nothing. You already know what Kamala's going to do. She already told you, she's like, I'm not going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's what she said. And they were like, we won. We did it, Joe. We did it, man. Raphael, you know, we just living out here. Shout out to everybody who's on Instagram live listening to me rant. I wish you guys could hear Raphael, <laughs> but I don't want to disturb the audio. So well, I haven't really said anything yet, but when you st- everything you just said just made me think of. I was thinking, you know what? Today's podcast theme should be what you've been saying a lot lately. The penalty of leadership. I think we should talk about that a little bit today. Like, what do you mean okay. by that? Um, I'm sure you've heard the song. He said, uh, what did uh, Jay-Z once said? I guess it's just the penalty of leadership. I guess I'm what Emers want to be in shit. A nigga just boy want to be in shit. And so basically the whole song is called Some People Hate. And um, he he goes into it more. He talks about different things. But basically, I wish I knew. Let me see if I can find the whole words. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard that song. Some of his later stuff, I didn't I, I didn't pay attention to. Like that first probably nine albums uh, I'm, I'm, I'm up on. <coughs> All right. So let's see. Oh, he said, they say success breeds envy. I guess it's just the penalty of leadership. That's where it is. Before they get to rap and start believing it and think they all in shit. I roll with the punches so I survive. I bob and weave, move my feet from side to side. I'm back stronger than ever. Surprise, surprise. They try to take me out the game, but eyes alive. So basically, Jay-Z is just talking about how like when you reach certain pinnacles, people trying to come for you. And he's also said something like, what did he say? He said that people pray and pray on my downfall. But every time I hit the ground, I bounce up like round ball. Yeah. And so that's honestly like Jay-Z is a big reason for a lot of my inspiration and motivation. Just like that cockiness, that arrogance that mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just always kind of been inspiring to me. I mean, like a lot of he, perf- like, he perfected that. That's why everybody gives him props because he perfected that. Even the people that don't like the quote unquote shallow stuff, the rap, they still give it to, give it up to him. They're like, ah, oh, all yeah. that talk about doing this and, and, unless, and then, then they'll go unless it's Jay-Z. Yeah. Because jay Z's the king. I mean, Rick so Ross. The song is there, called but... Some People Hate. It's on the Blueprint 2 and it's it's very insightful. It definitely is motivation. I wish we could play it. If this was like the Joe Budden podcast, we could just play the song like, all right, I don't think I have it on. Uh, it won't be on, it won't be on uh what's it called let's see if i can play the song because the microphone will pick it up on both you get there but right now i don't know copyright and stuff like that i don't know how that works we got to play this song Raphael. all right play the song man because we do what we want to do yeah tweet talk the black Rock podcast be sure to follow us on twitter by myself Raphael at work money life and follow charles on twitter at real todd billy for sure follow us on instagram at tweet talk podcast follow charles at todd billion how are we doing? What are we doing? You had a tweet, Charles. You said the goal isn't to drive, it's to be driven. Uh gotta turn my headphones back on. Um, a long time ago, I read this book by Jim Kramer, 
And it was, man, I think it was like Confessions of a Wall Street Addict or something like that. And this is when I was doing my my studying on trying to learn like stocks and stuff like that. And so um, he lived in New Jersey. He ran a hedge fund in New York, but he would be picked up by his driver and driven to work every day. And I was like, that is so fire. Like, what do you have to do to get a driver? And then I was, uh, uh, <laughs> so they kicked me off alive because of my Jay-Z-ness. <laughs> and it was deleted. And that was a fire live, man. Man, man I'll tell you, man, copyright, man. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy how like it's crazy how um, social media can like they use artificial intelligence to find out what's in your post. Mm -hmm. Like if you've seen like a a, like a covid post, if you say the word covid or if there's covid in your post, they automatically put like a a banner underneath it. I was like, how do they know what your post says? That's scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Social social media is not a free, um, not a free speech zone. (laughs) So anyway, um, so yeah, and then I was, right. And so then I was watching, um, like, what is that show called? Millionaire Listing. And they all have drivers, like Millionaire Listing New York. They all have drivers. Love that show. And I was like, that'll be fire. Especially if you have to commute. Like I don't, but let's say I did, let's say the days, and I never thought about this <laughs> until now, like, let's say like the days that I do decide to go to New York, I just hire somebody to pick me up and drive me. Cause that's the worst part. The worst part is that drive. If I could get dressed, get in the car, pay somebody 50 bucks to take me to L.A., which is about what it costs to to get into an Uber from here to L.A. is like 50 bucks. <clears throat> that would be dope. And I think I'm going to do that. That's like next level. And so basically we were at the Benz dealership and we're looking at SUVs because the family and stuff. And then I was looking at a car for myself. And so I looked at the S-Class Coupe, which is a vehicle that I've always loved. And mm-hmm. they want like 130 for that car. And it was mm-hmm. all upgraded. And I don't really like upgraded stuff like that. I like myself to be factory. I don't want to see all these different brands that aren't bins inside of, of a car. <clears throat> and so anyway, we um, it was kind of cool because I put my son in the seat. And so we we're sitting there and he was touching the steering wheel and stuff. I was like, everything you see is yours, Nolan. And so basically they brought in an S-Class that I saw when I walked in and I've always liked the S-Class sedan, but I don't want to drive if I'm in an S-Class sedan. I want to be driven. And I looked at the price. I was like, this car is 65 grand because it wasn't a brand new one. It was like a 2021. It was Mm -hmm. like a 2018 one. It was 65 grand for an S-Class, looked brand new, super plush, super nice on the inside, probably had one owner, probably was a lease return. Um, because that's a lot of these cars when you go to these things, it's like a lease return. They've driven it for like 20,000 miles. They bring it back 30,000 miles. They bring it back. But then you look at a driver and it's like maybe 40 grand a year. And I was like, that's crazy. Probably more. Probably more. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. It depends mm, on what, what actually, yeah. 40 grand sounds about right. But if you haven't some so other stuff, so you, you ain't, you're in LA. You're, you're, you're in California. So it might be a little more. Well, maybe, maybe 40, 50. But anyway, I was like, man, I want a driver. That's next level living right there. And then I was also thinking, I was like, I want to live in like house person. That's like another 40, 50. Mm. But what's cool is like you put the math to your goals. Right. And I think that's the most important thing is to put the math to it. Don't just think like, oh, that's out of touch. You got to be rich to do that. You got to be this person to do that. It's like, no, like, all right, I I need to, if I'm making a million dollars a year, I'm pretty sure I can afford a hundred thousand dollars to have my life serviced the way that needs to be serviced. I wake up, I get in the car, I drive, I wake up, I come home, the meals are made, the home is clean every day, the son's taken care of, all that stuff. And so like, that's the life that we aspire to have, man. And it's cool because it's attainable because we've gotten the middleman out of the way and business gets the middleman out of the way. One of the things that I don't like about real estate is you get people the right to tell you yes or no. Mm. I don't like that. I don't I don't like having to call somebody and say, can you fund this deal for me? Can you make this happen for me? And I have to ask you yes or no. 
If I put something on the internet and I sell a product, I make the money because I made the money. I always talk about how like in order to really get in the game of like investing in stocks and real estate, you have to save it the money and then you have to get it approved for the loan. Got to get your credit, right? There's all these steps. Yeah. But in order to make money on the internet, you just got to create a post and put it up there. And I think that's why so many people don't do it because it's actually simpler than you think it is. You could be making life-changing money mm. if you just put up a post right now. The same way you put up an Instagram post and you type the caption, you can put up a pre-sale. The same way mm. that you put up a Twitter post and you have a picture on it and then you have a little caption under it, pre-sale, send out the link, get you some sales help people get results and then share the results. Like that's what it's about. And there's no middleman in that. There's no people putting the bar so high in terms of which, how much money you have to put in because they put these barriers in place to keep you in place. And so like, that's one of the things that I remember, I'll never forget in the movie, The Banker, the, the Irish businessman calls up the dude and he was like, oh, so I heard you use my name in a business conversation. <clears throat> and um, he was like, oh, yeah, I did. And he was like, do you think that's a common business practice? And the guy was like, no. And he was like, well, I'm going to give you the deal. He was like, they put common business practices in place to keep people you, like you out. And so like all this stuff is in place to keep us out. And I'm not going to be kept out because I know how I want to live. And when I had a family, I became even more determined to get to where I want to live, how I want to live. And they're doing these things to keep you out. It's unfortunate, but you got to sniff it out and you got to figure out a way to get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, real quick, going back to the driver, man, that is cool, man. My last job I had, the owner had a driver. He had a driver. And this is in uh, New York. Like, wow. And uh, in New York, you, there's a lot of millionaires that don't drive in New York. Like, because of right. the train system, they'll take the train. But he had a driver and he had the uh, Lexus, but then he got a, a Maybach or Maybach, whatever you want to call it. I think he might have reversed it. Though. I think he, I think he traded back in the, the Maybach. I don't know. Actually, the driver didn't like the Maybach. Yeah. He, was like, he liked the but, Lexus better. But... The thing is, though, is L.A. is very similar to um, L.A. is very similar to New York because I don't think that they're hiring a driver because they can't drive. Right. I don't think they're hiring a driver because they they don't want to drive for like an hour, two hours. It's the grind. It's the frustration that comes with driving from that point to that point that can ruin your day before it even gets started. It's frustrating. It's it's it wears on you mentally. You're over here in the stop and go, like all that stuff. It's like if I got to sit in traffic, I'd rather be just chilling, working what I got to do. Like, all right, if it's going to take me two hours to get to the office. All right. I'm laptoping it up. I'm on the phone taking care of what I got to get done. And then I get into the office. I work and then I hop back in another car and I get um, I walk back in another car and I go back home. The drive is the grind and being in cities like that is motivating. It is inspiring. And I think that's why it's important. But um, I would just say that like, there's a reason for it. And there's books out there that say like, if you want to be a millionaire, do what millionaires do. They're doing it for a reason. And so if you see somebody who's a millionaire and he's not driving, it's probably for a reason. And the crazy part about it is you probably, a lot of people don't do these things. Because they, um, what was I going to say? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the comments and people are saying like, I, I, we can't hear the other person responding. The reason why is because if you did, it would destroy the audio for the podcast. And so I don't want to do that. But what I was saying is like, dang, I forgot what I was saying because I got caught up in responding to that. <laughs> you were talking about um, oh, doing what millionaires do. Right. And so a lot of times people would be like, well, when I become a millionaire, then I'll start doing millionaire stuff. Like, no. You got to do it before that. One of the mm-hmm. things that I was telling somebody is like a lot of people think that your credit score has to be stellar to buy a house. And so they never buy a house, mm-hmm. not knowing that the house makes your credit score stellar. Why? Because a credit score isn't a report card. 
A credit score is more like, who is this person on paper? And having a home, especially a home with equity, makes you more lendable. Why? Because worst case scenario, they can put a lien on your house. And so that's going to boost your credit score up. Not because you're a better person, but because um, you're more lendable, if that makes sense. And so like my credit score is never comfortably above 700 until we bought a house. Mm. Other than that, it would just float around the sixes. And I'm over here like, well, when I get over a 700, then I'm going to buy a house. Like, bro, like it don't work like that. And lenders know that. They know that they know things that you don't know. And they know that your credit score is never going to get comfortably above a 700, like comfortably above a 700, not 702, <laughs> 701, <laughs> like comfortably, like 700 is the floor. Now you have this support and resistance in stock trading, like 700 is now my floor. It At first was the resistance. Now it's the support. And so the world opens up to you. My wife gets a new credit card offer every single day. I'm like, why are they always giving you credit cards? Because we are secure. We have collateral now. We're collateralized. That means our credit score goes up, not because of anything else, but we have collateral. So gotcha. So I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about, um, I'm looking into getting pre-approved for mortgage, but then I'm like juggling stuff. I'm like, should I wait to buy it? Should I wait? I, I want to take some money and pay down some of the credit cards. Like, that's the only problem I got. Like my debt to income is is low. Score is decent. It's just how utilization right now. So I, I'm thinking like I'm. So my plan was tentatively speaking was to take a couple of thousand, pay it down below like twenty percent, and let the, the credit shoot up. But then I'm thinking like it takes a month to report that, and then I could be missing out on on deals. Um, a month is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But what I would tell you is get pre qualified first because the pre qualification is going to tell you what you need to do. So you don't want to be out here doing a bunch of things that you think is going to be in your best interest. Mm -hmm. that you don't know is in your best interest. So go talk to a lender, let them do what they got to do. And then they're going to tell you, you're qualified for this, you're qualified for that. You need to do this, 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 this in order to get pre-qualified. The reason why this time this time around it was easier for us is because we'd already tried and failed before. So we had tried to buy a house before. And so we got pre-qualified. They told us all these different things. They're running us through the circles. And so when it came to this, we already knew what we qualified for. We already knew where we needed to be. We already knew what we needed to do. Yeah, they might have brought some other stuff up, but it was a way, way easier conversation. That was after they gave us the pre-qualification. Then they started kind of doing some stuff. So basically like we knew where we needed to be. We knew what we needed to put down because we already had that conversation. We already knew we were qualified for. And so then we just fit into that mold. And so I would tell you that like, let's have the conversation with the, the lender now, mm -hmm. even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's unfun and then figure out what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, I actually did start talking to one, one guy already. Mm -hmm. I told him that part and you know, I started the process actually like online. It's, it's like an online thing that you, you get a, a, a quick answer. And just talking to them on the phone is like, man, this is this is easier than I thought. This yeah. is easier than I thought. And right. even and even if I'm not all the way there, just a pre-qualification. And then if I decide to, I want to pay down a credit card and jack up the score some more. That's only going to take a month or so, maybe yeah. a month and a half, depending on when it reports. And like you said, it's not a long time in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And I'm already talking. It's just way easier than you think. Yeah. The crazy easy. part about it is my credit score, what it was when we got pre-qualified and what it was when we closed it night and day because they told me what I needed to do. I did those things. And then since I did those things, my score just crept up, crept up, crept up. So they're going to coach you to get a good credit score, right. um, which is very interesting. And then um, also, oh man, I was going to say something and I forgot it because I went on that other tangent. 
Darn it, darn it. And then I also looked at this thing. Somebody said, can you use your home as collateral if it doesn't have any equity in it? Probably not because they want, I mean, you, probably not because what they're collateralizing is the equity. They want to be able to put a loan behind your mortgage. So if you don't have any equity, you really don't have any collateral. Um, otherwise you'd be upside down. So that's my thinking. Might not be right. But from my experience, like if you're getting like a home equity line of credit or like a, if you're refinancing and pulling cash out, all those are based on the equity that's in the property, not just based on whether you have a property. Yeah. And I actually have spoken to um, a lender that works with like DJ Envy and them, like maybe a year ago, maybe less than that. And he told me even then, he said like, you, you're pretty good to go. You just need some cash and that's about it. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Talking to experts is a life hack, man. Right, right. Yeah, so people get started, get fancy later. <laughs> you want to do it? Find out what it takes and talk to yeah. people. Talk to people. And real quick, on I, I don't want to keep going back to this too much, but this is the last thing I'm going to say. But the, the my last boss, his driver, was also like a handyman. He was a, like a licensed plumber and electrician. So he would stay in the office all day long, just doing nothing, unless he felt like it. Unless unless the big boss told him to do something, he could sit around all day in the mm-hmm. mailroom. But then he would just fix stuff. So the boss would have him like fix stuff, put in new plumbing, electrical work, fixing uh, light fixtures or whatever. So like, if you could find somebody that has another skill that's a that's a hack too because driving isn't that big a skill that you know you can yeah. just find somebody that has other skills that knows to drive yeah. so if you could combine it somehow man it's a big hack for you what i was gonna say is that i did the math 50 bucks there 50 bucks back <clears throat> Five days a week, which I don't really work five days a week. Five days a week times 52 weeks is $26,000. So what I was thinking as you were saying this is like, there has to be a way to hack this in like an Airbnb model where, okay, I don't need a driver for the whole day. I need him for the two hours that I need him. So what can he be doing for the rest of those hours? He could be working for other people driving them around. So you fall into mm-hmm. Uber. And so, I mean, even if you're to do Uber Black, I think that's kind of doing the most. Like if you did Uber Black 100 times four, I'm going to do 100 times four days a week, maybe even three days a week. $100 times three days a week times 52 weeks. <clears throat> you got to do a ton, 200 times three days a week times 52 weeks. Uh, never mind. It was kind of jamming up for me. But what I would say is that, yeah, I think that's true. I was going to say that um, <clears throat> talk to experts. I was having a conversation with our property manager that we hired that I put off hiring for so long. And when I finally did, like she was coaching me on the game. I was like, I've been a landlord for like three years. And like, I didn't know this stuff, but she was coaching me on the game. And I was like, this is great. Like Mm. you got to hire experts, take yourself out of the game. I don't want to do none of this stuff no more. All I want to do is find deals, even though the deals Mm. are very expensive in Detroit. Now, somebody sent me a rental for 50 grand. I was like, I was buying rentals for 20 grand years ago. I don't want to pay 50 grand for this house. Yeah. 
This person says, thanks for organizing the Freedom Pack. Yeah, man. I'm glad you guys appreciate it. I want to make people happy. The Freedom Pack might be sold out, but I might have to release a few because I wasn't expecting to sell out that quick. But yeah, I had to organize it because it was all over the place. And I still have more content to add. And I will do that. Man, I might have to release some more because I'm pretty sure it's sold out. Let me check right now. Yeah, we got to talk a little bit more about that driver thing off, uh, off, off the air. 14 more left. All right. <laughs> off the air. It's funny, man. I saw, I was looking at, I was on Zillow a couple of days ago and I saw the home where I lived at where my apartment burned down is up for sale now. I was like, really? Really? I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. You think, three- you, think he, you think he set it up? Nah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they feel like it's too hard a job to fix it. Uh, yeah. And it's funny, there was three houses that, that that got hit with the fire, burned. So I was, but the where I lived was on one end and there was two to like the left of me. And the house where I lived is up for sale now. And the one on the other end is up for sale on Zillow. I'm like, that's really interesting. But she could get them in like a pack. Like it's not the same owners, but I wish she could get them both. Anyway. Let's take a look at it, man. If it makes sense, it makes sense. <clears throat> if it makes sense, we can make a deal, as uh, Larry June would say. I don't think they're the same owners. Ooh, 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 ooh. She's a runner. She's a jack star. <laughs> and that was kind of cool, playing the music on the podcast, even though the, the Roy and Maul podcast, Jay Bo- Joe Budden podcast is over with. Raphael, what's the next tweet, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're talking about talking to the experts. This brings me to another tweet. Uh, you said who, not how. I thought that um, was a good one. Yeah, man. That's like top five books of all time. I'm still in the process of getting through it, but um, I, one of the gems that I took from this book most recently is there is this guy, there's this young man, he wanted to make some money. He was like a kid. He was like maybe 16 years old and he goes to his dad and his dad is like, hey, instead of getting a job, I want you to go to this city, buy some watermelons. They're going to be oversized or like weirdly shaped watermelons and um, <clears throat> buy them in bulk, come back and sell these watermelons. And so he does it. He comes back. He makes more than enough money by selling these watermelons than he would have if he would have worked a job. And so the book basically says like, well, he learned he's never going to exchange his time for money again. But also he learned that um, he figured this out by talking to his dad, who was a who. And so what they're saying is that a who not only is going to do the work, but they're also going to bring the information that's going to allow you to grow exponentially. And so they said figuring out how is linear, figuring out who is exponential. So one of my issues is I need a dope landing page because if you've seen uh, Dante's landing page, fire. If you've seen Hartzog's landing page, fire. I hit up Anthony Hartzog and I was like, hey, bro, um, who did your landing page? Or like, how did you set up your landing page? And he'd send me like the link to this dude who does it, who has like a waiting list. He charges like two grand. He was like, I'd rather pay them two grand and get it set up and done than be out there trying to learn the skill of being a landing page artist. And I feel like as employees, we're oftentimes kind of taught that you have to be all things things. You can't hire out your task. You can't put people on task. You can't manage a team to get things done for you. It's all up to you. And that is why your money is taking so long. Imagine if you could just hire somebody to take a test for you. And now you're a lawyer. Imagine you could just hire somebody to write that brief for you. And now you're in court. Like that's what bosses do. And so it's actually not a bad thing to do those things. It's actually the smart thing to do those things. Smart people don't want to learn how to be the master of everything because it takes 10,000 hours to be a master at anything. Mm-hmm. If you never read the book Outliers, it, t- it takes 10,000 hours. You don't get to skip that 10,000 hour process, but you can borrow it. 
from a who. And so I actually got that book recommendation from watching the live and it was a uh, circle the CEOs live. And I think what's really important. And I also took from a book that we just mostly recently read is you got to be at everything because you never know where you're going to get that gym that takes you to the next level. So who knows? How would I've ever even heard about this book? Who not how, if I hadn't been on that live, there's so much gym that you're missing out on by not buying that course, by not going to that conference, by not reading that book, by not listening to that podcast, by not following the right people on social media, there's so many gyms and you got to show up and you got to be able to pay the money and invest that money. You're not willing to invest $2,000 in Terry's course when Terry's course could make you $2,000. My stock market portfolio right now, just in one account today is up. Wow. $11,000. Jeez. $11,000 in a day. I tell people, you better invest that gumroad money. Invest your gumroad money. Invest that pandemic money. Do not buy a car with your pandemic money. You are going to go broke buying stuff with your pandemic money. I took all my pandemic money. I threw it at, into my investment accounts and we're set. You, It's not much you can't do if you make $11,000 in a day. And I actually made probably another 10,000 yesterday. And this isn't even including the sales. I know this sounds crazy, but like it blows my mind sometimes too. Mm. We're going to keep running it up. Keep running it up. Keep making good investments. I just bought ARKK. Um, long story short, invest into your personal development. They always say that you are the, your best investment. Invest into your personal development. That's where the skills are, are at that's going to allow you to grow. And you're going to be making the money that you made back on that course multiple times over. I promise you. This dude bought my options course and bought a McLaren, bought a, Ro bought a, a Rolex. He's living the dream. And I'm just like, my mind is blown. Kia Achilles killing it. Everybody that you see that's talking options came through me. They came through me. <laughs> and that's not ego if it's true. It's not right. ego if it's true. It's not ego if it's true. It's funny to get on. So you you talking, now you say that, and you were talking earlier about how easy it is to put something out there, get on um, e-com and digital courses. You had a tweet where you said, one disadvantage of the nine to five is you can only earn during those hours. Yeah, man. I was thinking about that because so when you run a sale and you send emails and you have posts going out, you're going to make money overnight, which is dope. And so I made, I did pretty well yesterday. I ran my sale and it was a slow day and usually slow days motivate the big days. And so yesterday was what, Tuesday? And I was, I, I woke up to a few sales. I woke up to maybe about 350 in sales. I was like, okay, that's all right. Um, but I was like, this isn't enough. And so let me push this sale, promote this sale, advertise this sale. One, one hack for the people is that when you celebrate something and you run a sale alongside of it, for some reason, people get excited. They want to reward you or something. I don't know. So <laughs> I did that. And yesterday we did, we crushed it. So that little, what I woke up to, which was like 350, 400, not much. I 10X that into the day and then continuing to run sales and run promo overnight, allowed me to wake up. And I was up. I didn't make the morning meetup, meet but I did wake up on the stock market open. And so I was up at like 6.30 and I came up. I was on my computer doing stuff, shooting out tweets, shout out an email or two, created some Instagram posts. And I looked up at eight and I was like, I've already made my money. I've already made my my nut for the day. I made my my thousand dollars for the day. Um, Can you re refresh me on what the tweet was? <laughs> First of all, hit me with that retweet that I just put up. Uh one disadvantage of the 95 is you can only earn during right. those hours. And so I was telling my wife, I was like, it's eight o'clock and I've already made my thousand dollars for the day. I was like, that's crazy to me because if I had a job, I can't even start making money until eight. I made my daily money before the office would have even opened. Open, yeah. And I thought that it just was mind blowing to me. I was like, that is so dope. 
because when you have a job, they give you permit. You got to ask for permission to make extra money. I can't wake up and I'm like, I've only made 400 bucks today, which is still good. If I made $400 every day, that's good. <laughs> but I was like, that's not enough, man. I got to I gotta turn it up. I got to run this up. I got to create more. I got to build more. Mm-hmm. I got to hold 24 hours. I got to hold 24 hours. If And this is the thing. And this is like when you go out on your own, which is what I did, is like you always have this urgency that you always have to be earning because you never know when the next check is coming. So you don't take days for granted. You don't take hours for granted. You don't take minutes for granted. If I don't have a sale coming in, all the time, I feel like I'm just taken for granted at that point in time, which pushes you to earn more. And so that safety, that security, that's actually holding you back. I put out a tweet and I was talking about how like a lot of people, what they're doing is when you have a job, you literally let days go by without making any money because you're just like, oh, well, I'll just make money in two weeks. Like, no, you let a day go by. You didn't get a sale. You didn't get a client. You didn't get a customer. You didn't get anything. You just let that whole day go by. You didn't make no money. That's Mm. dangerous. That's dangerous. That's why you're slipping behind. You have to be promoting every single day. I tell people, promote, 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 advertise, 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 close, 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 sell, 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 period, period. And the crazy part about it is you're going to run into doper people when you operate at that level because the doper people are doing what that is. The doper people are selling. They're promoting. They're advertising. They're not sitting there be like, I'm I'm too good to do that. I'm too good for myself. No, my network has massively expanded ever since I've gotten to this level. The crazy part about it is I've lost people that I looked up to, but those people that I looked up to weren't even reaching back to help people. So there's people on the internet that everybody looks up to like, oh, they're so great, but are they helping you? Those are the people that are going to be clowning you when you turn up. Those are going to be the people that are going to be clowning you when you grow to their level because they never wanted you to be at their level in the first place. They didn't want you to admire them. If they did want you to be on their level, they'd be putting out content, putting out coaching, doing different things instead of just stunting, saying, look at what I'm doing. I'm the man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody just have to be the person who's sharing and helping. The thing is, um, I, I read the comments and then I lose my <laughs> I lose my thing. But um, what I'm saying is that um, somebody in the chat is saying what's happened to the live. I don't know what's happened to the live. That's all I was going to throw it off. I was like, what is happening to the live? I don't know. But basically what I'm saying is like, you're going to meet better people when you put yourself on a higher level. And so you might think by not promoting advertising, promoting, selling, getting your stuff out there that you're no more noble. I used to think that I was like, I went to college. I'm not selling nothing. I should be behind the desk getting paid 200 grand a year. And unfortunately, it's not a lot of behind the desk, $200,000 a year jobs out there for us. And the, the, the most frustrating thing about it is I did everything to become that Raphael. I did mm. everything to become a behind the desk, $200,000 a year person. Went to law school, getting an MBA, undergrad degree in finance, did everything I was supposed to do, got good grades, was present on different organizations and everything. And I still kept hitting the mother effing wall. But I feel like I just never really saw myself as that employee in the first place. I always saw myself as a boss. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Penalty of leadership. So, yeah, you got to get that passive money going, that 24-hour money going. 24-hour so money, man. That 24-hour money so that you can make money while you sleep, make money while you're brushing your teeth, make money while you commuting to that job for now. Get that 24-hour money. So, Charles, you said also don't take pandemic money and buy depreciate, depreciating assets please. And the tweet was, don't take once in a lifetime pandemic money and buy depreciating assets. And I feel very passionate about this because I've always had the mindset. And this is what's so cool about, like, I tell people this is like the person that I was before I had money is the person that I am after I have money. And one of my principles was always to invest all your windfalls. If you get unexpected money, tuck it away. You got to make that money permanent. Like money that's permanent creates forever money. And so 
a lot of people, they're getting this like once in a lifetime money and they're blowing it. But the thing is, is you can't recreate what happened last year. And so if you can't recreate it, then you probably shouldn't be blowing it. You need to, if you need to create your own system that will allow you to recreate that money. So if we went through an era that allowed you to make $5 million or whatever money you made, $5 million, and you spend the $5 million, how are you going to make your next $5 million? Are you going to shut the country down? Or, um, you are you going to um like make it so people get these fat stimulus checks are you going to make it so people are sitting at home and can't travel and can't go to malls and can't go to sports games and can't do all this stuff and so they have no choice but to invest online no and so you got to take that once in a lifetime money and use it to create cash flow and so one of the dopest things that i've seen done is chris took his money and created two hundred thousand dollars in annual dividend income do you know what you can do with two hundred thousand dollars a year whatever the hell you want to do Whatever you want, excuse me, you can live where you want to live. You can drive what you want to drive. You can eat where you want to eat. You can travel whenever you want to travel. $200,000 a year is liberating. Million dollar home, $1.5 million home, which really goes very far, especially if you're not in California. You can lease two, three really, really nice cars because the lease is going to be like maybe two grand a month, maybe a thousand dollars a month. And so your overhead, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars on your mortgage, two thousand on a Wraith or two thousand on a Porsche, maybe three thousand on a Wraith, whatever. You got nice cars, but you put a thousand dollars a month on a Range Rover and you still got nine thousand dollars to play with every single month. Woo! You're living well, you're driving well, you maybe spend $2,000 a month on clothes, if that, but if you did, that's crazy. And so that's the thing is like, it doesn't take much money to be financially free. You can become financially free with $100,000. If you put $100,000 into the right stuff, let's say you buy a bunch of $50,000 properties and you leverage them at 20%, a $50,000 property, $10,000 per property. Now you own 10 properties. Those 10 properties are paying you 800 bucks a month. Yeah, your mortgage is gonna be like 200 bucks a month. So you're bringing in 800 bucks times 10, that's 8,000, cut that in half. Your profit is $4,000 a month. It's not much you can't do with $4,000 a month. So you took $100,000 and you turn it into a passive income that allows you to live and do whatever you want to do for $4,000 a month. But the beauty is you got your time back and your time is exponential. Now you own your 24 hours. What are you going to do to earn in those 24 hours? What are you going to create? What are you going to build? What are you going to figure out how to buy with no money out of pocket using seller finance or something like that? You got to get your time back because they're robbing you of your time, which is where they rob you of your riches. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. And so I was listening to a podcast and he was talking about like where people really get free is when they liberate themselves of their of the need and the stress and the worry of having to provide. And so once that's taken care of your business scales, everything grows, everything blows up, everything takes off. You put all your energy and effort into creating content, putting out product, creating more product, doing things like that. That's the thing. And so I just, I, I feel like as a community, we got to learn how to manage money and I, I get really concerned. And so I see Dantes, the dude is crushing it. He bought a Honda. <laughs> I see some girl. He didn't even buy the Honda. He, he's still driving the Honda. Oh no, he did buy a Honda instead right. of buying like the luxury car. Or you see like the one girl 
she made a million dollars and she bought three cars in cash. The Model X is a hundred grand. The Range Rover is a hundred grand. The G-Wagon is probably 150. So you just spent $450,000 in cars and you had a hundred thousand dollars. The thing is taxes are a motherfucker. Taxes are a mug. If you make $3 million in, ta- in, in income, they're taking half. <laughs> and so you guys see people like, I made all this money. I made all this. No, you got to cut that in half. And you got to send them a check. It's not a payment plan. Maybe it is a payment plan, but it's, you got to send them that money. I'm telling you. And so I would just say, like, I want us to be wise about our money. And so like, I keep, I, 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 I apply the same principles to myself. We went to the dealership. We're looking at the car. We could buy the car, but I'd rather put an asset in between me and the car. I'd rather do that. Why? Because it's not just making the money. It's keeping the money. It's not just getting a million dollars. It's keeping a million dollars. But a lot of people will get a million dollars and blow a million dollars. And then now we got to see him on TV. Like 70% of athletes live that life. Why? Because they don't know anything else to do but spend their money. And that's what people do. They they make it. They don't know how to invest it. They don't know what to buy. They blow it. Now they got to go back to work. Now they got to go figure something else out. I don't want that for us. I don't want that for myself. Yeah. And actually, now you say uh, taxes. Got to reach out to my uh, CPA, Marjorie McPike. Uh, let the people know who the official, let the people on Instagram live know who the official uh, CPA of Todd Capital is. <laughs> They already know, man. MLM CPA, we just posted her um, blowing that business up because every business is a family business. Um, even if you don't get no money out of it, I still get money by seeing them blow up. But I should get some money out of this stuff. <laughs> it's all good, though. But yeah. Going to the next tweet, last tweet, no, second last tweet. You said part of investing is finding a discount, not betting on something being the next biggest thing. You can make money doing both, but smart investors go big on a discount. Yeah. Um, I always tell people this story. I told them that when I started investing, I it's like, like you understand the principles of investing, but you don't understand how to make money as an investor, which are two different things. And so it's one thing to understand what a stock is, what an option is. It's another to strategically use that to your advantage. And so in the beginning, what I would do is we all have these like heat maps. If you go on Robinhood, it's going to show you the most popular stocks. Like this stock just went up 17%. This stock just went up 25%. This stock just went up 30%. You're like, dang, that's the stock I got to get into. Mm. So I'll put money into that stock. I'll buy the top. It will correct down because that's what stocks do. And then I'm over here waiting for it to continue to go back up. And I would wait and I would wait and I would wait and I would wait and nothing would ever happen. And I was like, dang, I thought this was a good stock. CNBC told me it was a good stock to buy. Why didn't I make any money? And so what I did is I flipped it on its head. I did two things. I did a bunch of reading. I was like, all right, let me study the most successful investors. And so this is why I told you I read the Kramer books. I read all the Kramer books. I read uh, most of the Warren Buffett books, which are really long books. Um, I read um, the Peter Lynch stuff. I read just, I, I just poured through investment books trying to figure this stuff out. And so one of my strategies was like, all right, so if I've tried to buy stocks when they're going up, let's see if I buy stocks when they're going down. And so I did it. And the thing is, it's just like stocks correct down. They also correct up because people have this thing called irrational exuberance. So just like they think that stocks can only go up and it's a great stock and it's going to keep going and they're often wrong. The same thing is true on the opposite. They think this stock is so bad. It's only going to go down. It's going out of business and they're wrong and it's going to correct up. You make money if you're going long when stocks go up, whether you buy it at 50 bucks or you buy it at 100 bucks. If that stock goes up, you make money. So if I buy a stock at 50 bucks and it goes to 55, I make 10%. If I buy a stock at 100 bucks, it has to go to 110 for me to make 10%. 
It's a lot easier for a stock that was just trading at 100 bucks that's not trading at 50 bucks to go back to 100 bucks than it is for a stock that's trading at 100 bucks to go to 200 bucks. Mm. And that's the thing is when you are investing principles transfer over from stocks to real estate to all these different other avenues, business, whatever, you want to buy the bad news. If you're buying a house, you don't want to buy the pretty house that just got built and call it an investment. Not unless you want to wait a long time. But if you're trying to make money in the next six to 12 months, you need to find value and be patient. And so I love it when I see a great company that's get hit, that gets hit by like bad press. So Chipotle, bad press. Chipotle was a stock. It was unstoppable at its height before it went through the whole, whatever that thing was. I forget what they called it. Uh, <laughs> whatever disease that was. They went through that whole scandal, right? You could, I was looking at Chipotle. It was just booming every day, booming, every day, booming. I was like, man, I wish I could buy this stock. It's such a great stock. Mm -hmm. And so um, one day they, it, it got hit with their scandal and the stock got cut in half and then it got cut in half again and then um he's frozen are you there yeah uh-huh i mean all right you're good on my side oh, some, no, like i saw it i saw it um what happened it was e coli what somebody told me but the stock fell to like 430 and so um I was like, dang, like this is a great stock. And so what I did is um, I do. Ah, what did I do? Yeah, you're frozen so on my side. I can hear you, but now your video is frozen for some reason. Yeah, it's frozen. So it's kind of weird. You're not frozen anymore. I don't know. You no, I wasn't moving. I wasn't frozen. I was just in one spot like this. <laughs> my computer's kind of jacked up. I don't know what just happened. But it's funny. Right. I can still hear you. All right. Well, I'm going to keep going with my story. And so basically I saw Chipotle um, get crushed for, to 4,000. And then what happened is it exploded. So it didn't explode just immediately over time it went back to back to back so mm -hmm. i think the stock is trading at like last time i checked like eleven thousand eleven hundred dollars per share so if you would have bought it at 430 you would have tripled your money it would have went from 430 it would have turned it's not doubled it's tripled you would have tripled your money and so like people wait for investments like that for a lifetime they want to triple their money they put their money in all these different assets and they, they triple their money that's how you invest in the stock market and so what i learned is i started looking for that as a pattern i started looking for bad news as a pattern and i stopped looking for what was popular because every time I bought what was popular, I got clapped. Every time I bought what everybody loved, I got clapped. And it was frustrating. And so the thing is, is I, I find these new investors, they come in, they start learning the fundamentals of investing, but they don't understand how to use it to their advantage, which is what I was just telling you in the beginning, is you got to learn it and then you got to learn how to leverage it. And so now if if I see a stock that's trading high, I automatically get that, that fear. Like, I'm not trying to get clapped. I'm not trying to have that thing uh, correct against me. Like, no, nah, I'm not about that life. I just Strictly only buy value. Um, it's very rare that I buy a hot stock that's popular that everybody loves. Even when I bought ARC. ARC, people used to love it. I waited until it fell 30% and then I bought a bunch of it. I'm not buying it when it's hot and when it's hitting all-time highs and it's just running, 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 running. I'm going to wait until it makes sense to buy. That's how you invest. And that's what I was trying to explain is like when you're a real estate investor, you're looking for divorce, bankruptcy. You're looking for death. You're looking for... Um, job loss. You're looking for that kind of stuff. So apply that same logic to your stocks. Look for the bad news in your stocks and you will make money instead of looking for the green days and looking for the, the charts that are just trending higher. I don't want that. And it seems to be working for me pretty well. I, I'm pretty content <laughs> with my gains. I, I'm telling you, I looked at my, I bought Red Robin Gourmet Burgers. I forgot what price I bought it at. I wish I could pull it up. Let me see if I can pull it up. I, I bought Red Robin Gourmet Burgers. Why did I buy Red Robin Gourmet Burgers? Because 
because um, they were shut down. They couldn't even open up and uh, do any business. I was like, that's great. That's great news. <laughs> they can't bring in customers right now. So their sales are down. But otherwise, it's a great uh, it's a great company. Uh, so I bought Red Robin Gourmet Burgers and I particularly like Red Robin. And I think that matters too. Like I'm not just buying crap. I'm buying things that I know are good companies that are selling at a discount. But like I used to go to Red Robin every single day for lunch with one of my coworkers. We were always at Red Robin. At the bottom of its chart, Red Robin was trading for $6.55. It's now trading for $38, Raphael. Woo! $6 to $38. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. But people are going to tell you like, oh, Red Robin is never going back in business. Nobody's mm. ever going to buy hamburgers again. <laughs> right. Like, do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? It's just stupid. <laughs> and then I bought um, MGM. I bought Delta. I bought great companies. Emphasis on great companies that you like. They just happen to be going through troubled times. Detroit is a great city that went through troubled times. If you go to their downtown, you would think it's downtown San Francisco. They have four major sports teams. This is not podunk whatever. They got hit hard, but it's still a major city, which makes it a major buy, which is why now homes in Detroit are selling for $300,000, Raphael. $300,000. We were buying homes for five dollars and $10,000. They were telling us we were crazy. The same principles apply. I'm teaching people how to get wealth, not how to get money. You can chase and you can get money trying to be in that red ocean. I'll be in the blue ocean, creating my own strategy, looking foolish. And in the end, my partners look like geniuses when an $11,000 house that we bought is now worth fifty dollars to $100,000, but it's been paying us the entire price of the house for every year since we've owned it. Man, don't get clapped, folks. Stop buying what's hot. Buy the discount. Do your own research. Do your own research. So we're going to wrap it up soon. I saw that uh, Rick Ross just put out a pre-order uh, for a new book he's coming out with. Now, it's I thought it was funny. Now they got these um, old school publication publishing houses doing pre-orders on these books now. Um, so Rick Ross is coming out with a book called The uh, Perfect Day to Boss Up. And I saw Rick Ross had a tweet where he said, success will never be convenient and something to think about. It's not going to come easy, folks. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. So be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow my partner, Charles, at Real Todd Billion on Twitter. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and also at Todd.Capital. And sure to get your duffel bag at ViewsBags.com. Get your official Tweet Talk merch at TweetTalkMerch.com. Coupon. Sure to follow us, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review. Leave us a, rate, a review and a rating, please. So for episode 90 of Tweet Talk, the Backwell Podcast, Raphael and Charles, we are out. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring of course Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands and look man if you just listen to this episode then you know exactly what I'm capable of you know my swag you know what I can do and so without any further ado I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners and here's what it is head on over to donaldthevoice.com and if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm going to give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holler at your boy.
and I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.